Hello, y'all, and welcome back to another episode of the NFL Heads podcast. Today, we are reviewing all of the Thursday, Sunday, and Monday games from week three. I am Josh Shippen here with Sid Caliani, and we will kick it off with the Panthers and the Texans. The Panthers beat the Texans 24-9 to on Thursday night football. The Texans were without their starter, Tyrod Taylor, and instead had to start third-round rookie Davis Mills. And although he didn't throw any interceptions, nine points is not jive against this Panthers defense. Uh, this was definitely expected of the Panthers. I don't think anyone thought Davis Mills was going to play hero and somehow find a way to beat this Panthers team. This Panthers team is quite hot recently. Uh, Sam Darnold is showing that he definitely was not the problem in New York. Well, they've played. They have played a bunch of tomato cans in Carolina. It should be fair. It should is, be noted. That is true, but he is showing up to be a top quarterback. Though the injuries to Christian McCaffrey and J.C. Horn do kind of scare me a little bit because especially to cmc because i i think he's gonna uh darnold's gonna have a harder time to work the offense without him i guess that's true what what worries me less than mccaffrey's injury is that they didn't seem to plan for it especially coming off of a year where mccaffrey was already injured previously that is really worrisome last year they had mike davis who ended up being a serviceable backup but this year they've got like chubba hubbard that's no (laughs) they have Royce Freeman behind him too I guess but Royce Freeman went five for five attempts for 17 yards it doesn't look like anything from his early early Denver days so if this is really what they had in-house behind Christian McCaffrey then we've really got to question this Panthers front office who knows maybe Chubba Hubbard will start going off for 100 yards a game I seriously seriously doubt it um but other than that, I mean, the Panthers are playing very well, both through the air and curiously through the ground with Sam Darnold in goal line situations. He's been racking up a lot of rushing touchdowns, didn't have any passing touchdowns this week, but did have two rushing touchdowns, which is kind of uncharacteristic of Darnold. We think of him much more as a passer than we do of a running quarterback. So that was that's this has been interesting to see from Darnold. Definitely. I'm very kind of cautious to see how this continues if it continues when the panthers start playing better teams but for now it seems to be working out way better than expected so good job by the panthers all right moving on in one of our first big upsets of week three which there were a few the chargers knocked off the chiefs 30 to 24 the chiefs now have a losing record of one and two and they're the bottom of the afc west I did also want to mention for this game that Andy Reid was taken to the hospital after this game, but reports are that he's doing fine and he is in good spirits. So that's all good there. And just good job, Andy Reid. We're glad you're safe. But this game was really, really interesting. Justin Herbert had a great game throwing 26 of 38, 281 yards, four touchdowns, no picks. Patrick Mahomes really didn't look like himself, especially in the first half. But even once they got this offense moving in the second half, they weren't able to keep it going throughout the whole game, which we kind of saw last week. Sid, what did you notice? Um, besides uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire going for 100 yards, which I kind of expected him to have a pretty good game since uh, after what happened last week, 
This was definitely surprising, not just from the defensive perspective of the Chiefs, but also the offensive. They seemed a lot more discombobulated than usual. I don't I don't know what was happening to them. I don't know if the Ravens game got into their head, but this definitely didn't look like the Chiefs of before. And speaking as part of a Broncos fan, it does feel kind of nice to see them last place for the first time in almost, it feels like a thousand years. So this is definitely this is definitely new but also kind of exciting and bravo to the Chargers especially the defense. I mean it's it's definitely hard to shut down an offense of this uh caliber and they they were somehow able to do it. Yeah, that is I mean that's really impressive. This Chargers team has certainly come a long way. Um they did I'm still worried by their sloppy week two play, but week one and week three have been really strong cases for the Chargers to be contenders. And Justin Herbert, I feel like, had his first really, really good game of the season. I in the he's been good in the past two games, but this game he really just carried the offense not carried, but really supported the offense in a really meaningful way. And it was a big reason that the Chargers were able to stay up against the Chiefs, hold the Chiefs down. What I think is really interesting about the Chiefs is that they seem to be banking on what they did last year in the playoffs, which is falling behind in the first half and then trying to work their way back up in the second half. And I hopefully they're starting to realize that that's not going to work anymore and teams are figuring this out. So maybe the Chiefs will try and remedy this in the future. But if they don't, they're going to be in trouble. The Raiders are undefeated. The Broncos, even though they're a fake team, are still undefeated. And the Chargers have just shown that they can knock off the Chiefs on a good day. Yeah, definitely. This AFC West is going to be a hard-fought battle to see who gets the first place. Yeah, I I agree. This will be a lot of fun division games. Next, in a win everybody expected, the Cardinals beat the Jaguars 31-19. to Now, Kyler Murray didn't have any passing touchdowns this time, but he did have a rushing touchdown, and the Cardinals scored 31 points. Bazinga, bazoinga. We all expected this one. Trevor Lawrence had his kind of what's now unfortunately known to be his characteristic bad game, 22 of 34, 219 yards, one touchdown, two picks. And really, really by this point, we should be starting to worry about Trevor Lawrence and really all these rookie quarterbacks. I think across the board, the rookies have not done as great a job this year. Are you starting to get worried about the rookies as well, Sid? Kind of, but we also have to realize the offenses that they're in or not, they, they don't have that good of weapons as compared to other teams. So I, I am kind of worrying, but I want to see what happens later on in the year to see if they make a better push and po- possibly even next year to make the conclusion that if they're busts or not. Um, as of this game, yeah, for the Jaguars, besides that 109-yard kick six, I, the, the, the team just looked really bad. Yeah, I, I'm going to have to disagree with you on a couple things. And that's, first of all, I think the Jaguars do have weapons there. LaVisca Chenault has been really good both years of his career. Marvin Jones has kind of elevated from his years ago third string role on Cincinnati really came through in Detroit really has come through here went for 62 yards last game DJ Chark is always a huge breakout candidate for me he had a like a huge huge transcendent second year third year he was kind of quiet but he was with Minshew so I understand that and this year he started to kind of come out of his shell again with 
uh, three three receptions for nine yards and a touchdown. So I think they the weapons are there. James Robinson is there, but I just don't think Trevor Lawrence is playing to his full potential. I do understand this was against Arizona, but man, are the Jaguars not playing well Definitely. after drafting that first overall quarterback. And I also. I think he needs to start playing better sooner because you can see in players like Josh Rosen, some GMs will be willing to jump ship very quickly, even if they've invested a first round pick. And you see it, especially in bad organizations. The Jaguars are a bad organization. You're not wrong about that. They will be liable to jump ship. And we'll be talking about another one of those organizations later down the road today. But I mean, Trevor Lawrence has got to step it up. This is vital to his success. All right, moving on. We got the Browns and the Bears. The Browns knocked off the Bears 26-6. This was Justin Fields' first start. Oh, boy. Uh. Oh, boy. Sid, your takeaways on Justin Fields. I had really high hopes for him this game. I think everyone did. But going 6-for-20 and 68 passing yards... That's not going to cut it in any game. By the way, only 12 rushing yards as well. Yes. It's not like he was on the ground doing Lamar Jackson things. He was bad. And also, going up against this this Browns defense, especially Miles Garrett, who had four and a half sacks, I, I understand this was a very, very tough environment, and I did expect him to not perform at the highest level, but really 68 passing yards? Come on. That that That's just unacceptable. He he did. I understand that Zach Wilson had a bad game, but Justin Fields did by far worse, in yeah. my opinion. Even against even against the Browns defense. Yeah. Oh my goodness, this was rough. This was definitely rough. Um, on the other side for the Browns, it was a very good day. Both Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb went over eighty rushing yards. Um, Baker Mayfield had his now usual kind of good game, just keeping the offense up. Um, Odell Beckham had 77 receiving yards. He's back, maybe not like back in the way that he we would remember him three years ago, but I mean he exists now. Yeah. Um, so that's that's good for the Browns that they're able to knock off bad teams. Um, one thing I do like to say is that a sign of good teams is that they can really really beat up on bad teams that they're not just kind of passively winning against them. So this is a good look for the Browns, and I think. It's a good look, even when they play tougher teams down the road, because they have beat some pretty tough opponents too, Mm -hmm. but this should help them out a lot. I think the Browns are a very viable playoff contender. Moving on, we've got the Buffalo Bills and the Washington football team, and my Josh Allen MVP pick, Buffalo Bills Super Bowl pick, is looking right back on track. Um, Josh Allen had an amazing game, 32 of 43, 358 yards, Four touchdowns, no picks. Zach Moss had a good game um, on the ground. And Cole Beasley had a good game through the air, even better than Stefan Diggs today. And Washington kind of looked, they, they looked rough. Taylor Heineke looked rough, finally. 14 of 24, 212 yards, two touchdowns, two picks. So, Sid, what did you think? Uh, for Washington, this was definitely a rough game for Heineke. That the Heineke bandwagon sort of falling down a bit, but I would I don't think I'd put the entire blame on him. I'd say it was a bit more on the defensive side, giving up forty three points. 
I know it's this Bills it's the Bills offense. They're explosive. Josh Allen is an amazing quarterback. But I don't think giving up giving up 43 points will help your team at all. Kudos kudos to the Bills definitely to for shutting down the Washington football team a little bit, but I the blame's got to be on the defensive side for one. Yeah. I I would definitely agree with that. This defensive side has not played to their potential at all. I do think it should be mentioned, though. I've kind of seen a lot of, like, power rankings and people kind of bemoaning the football team. They're not that bad. They're not that bad, yeah. They're better than the Eagles. They're not even the worst in their division. They're second in their division, in my opinion. Yeah. But, I, I mean, any team right now that's facing the Bills... I think if you replayed the week one game and put it in week three, man, the Bills would have destroyed the Steelers. Definitely. They would have just crushed them. I could be wrong, of course, and maybe we'll find out once they face a good team that this is kind of all malarkey, but I think it isn't. Because, again, a trait of good teams is that they really, really beat up on bad teams and even mediocre teams like Washington, like Miami, who they held scoreless. So... This is also a very good look for the Bills. Definitely. Very great job yeah. by the Bills. All right, moving on. We've got the Titans and the Colts in a game everybody expected to be around this. 25-16 Titans win. Derrick Henry had 113 yards. I, there isn't a ton to say about this game. This kind of happened the way everybody expected it to happen. Do you have any big takeaways from this game? I mean, when Derrick Henry goes off, it's kind of hard to beat the titans and he this he didn't have as explosive as he did against the seahawks but he was still he was still derrick henry 113 yards isn't as explosive yay derrick henry yay Yay. um yeah that's kind of that kind of sums up the titans 113 yards oh he was okay he was okay (laughs) uh ryan Tannehill had a pretty good game. He did throw two picks, but I mean, what do you want? The Titans won by nine points. That's true. Um, Carson Wentz isn't really doing a great job of moving this offense, but he is doing better than last year with Philadelphia, where he was kind of dragging down the offense. I don't think 0-3 is really characteristic of who the Colts are. I don't think they belong in that category with the Jaguars and with the Jets. It is also fair to mention that Carson Wentz is playing with two sprained ankles. I am surprised that they went with him for the starter in this game. I kind of expected them to go Jacob Eason with how much they were hyping him up, but Carson Wentz was what we got, and we kind of got the Carson Wentz performance we were expecting. Definitely. So, going right along to our next game, the Saints beat the Patriots 28-13, and Jameis Winston looks like he's kind of going to be this hot and cold quarterback, 13-21, of 128 yards, Two touchdowns, no picks. Taysom Hill had a touchdown on the ground as well. They're starting to use him less in that backup quarterback role and more in this Swiss Army knife role that they've used him before. So good job on the Saints by realizing that. And what did you think of Mac Jones? This game was definitely in reach. The Patriots definitely had a chance. This is the bad game that Mac that we all kind of expected Mac Jones to have. The previous games, he's been kind of more of a game manager, not really doing anything too good, not really doing anything too bad, kind of staying in the middle. This one, he definitely had he had a rough game on this one. Um, but I, this was definitely expected. I don't think we all 
thought that he was going to have those same type of game managing type games. If he wants to be able to, you know, lead this Patriots team to a possible playoff seat, mm. possibly he de- he has to play better than that. He he has to stop being a game manager. I don't know that any of these teams that have rookies are going to the playoffs anytime soon. I do think um, it's notable that the Patriots couldn't really get a ground game established. I feel like that has been why Mac Jones has been so successful is because Damian Harris and James White have been stepping up and giving him that ground security. But now when the Saints hold Damian Harris to 2.3 yards a carry and James White doesn't get the ball much, Mac Jones has to pass 51 times. And now we get one touchdown, three picks. Definitely, yeah. So, going right along to our next game, we have got the Falcons and the Giants. And the Falcons got their first win of the season against the Giants. And the Falcons finally had at least a good day on offense. Matt Ryan going for 243 yards off of 27 completions with two touchdowns. And really, my takeaway from this game is that if the Giants can't get past the Falcons defense, then man, do they have to really look inside their organization and regroup and get Daniel Jones playing to where he needs to be. Get Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley, 3.2 yards per carry against the Falcons defense? Mm. Are you kidding me? That's ridiculous. Yeah, this is this is definitely... What are we doing? This is a problem for the Giants. Uh, yeah, I had I had I had the Giants winning this, kind of. You know, I had them scoring more than fourteen points, and against this Falcons defense, I know we're not really hyping them up that much. No, it's the, terrible. <laughs> yeah, it, it's not that good. But scoring only fourteen points against this team, that's a problem. And I that, mean, that's a red flag right it, there. Oh, it's oh, it's a whole fleet of red flags. It's really bad. Um, I really have also expected Kadarius Tony to step up. That's their first round rookie for the Giants. He hasn't done anything. Darius Slayton has been hot and cold. Kenny Galladay has been good, but he hasn't really been a number one receiver. Um, it's just it's just not working out for the Giants. Yeah, something's something's not clicking. It, is it with Joe Judge? Is it with Daniel Jones? It certainly is with Saquon Barkley because he hasn't been good at all for the first three games. Uh, the Falcons, I feel like we're very lucky to come away with this one. But one thing I do like about them is that they've been using Cordero Patterson a lot yeah. in the run and the pass game. Of course, in the return game, Cordero Patterson being very well used by the Falcons. That's That was a good signing. Mike Davis has seen, got got some significant playing time. He's doing pretty good as well. They're doing well with the pieces that they have right now against the Giants defense and you can take what you want from that sentence. Yeah. Um moving on, the Bengals beat the Steelers 24-10. Kind of expected. Really? Yes. Why do you think it was expected? Um after the week 1 win against the Bills I don't know. I don't. I didn't think they should have won that. I thought they should have lost the week one. I think they should. They should be zero and three right now. I don't know. I don't think Big Ben is where he once was a couple of years ago. I think. I think this is his last year playing. Um, I hope it's his last year. <laughs> it better be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. I mean, Joe Burrow and this Bengals offense. I expected them to. 
be this dominant, like score around this points. The Steelers' offense is having a struggle. I don't know what it is, but they need to fix it because they're definitely not going to have an. They're not going to have an easy time like last year, go uh, getting a lot of traction in this AFC North. Well, are you? Does that mean then that you're throwing out their week one game, the Bengals? That is week week no, the Bengals week two game. Excuse me against the Bears where. Joe Burrow threw three picks, didn't play very well, and the Bears beat them? I mean, not exactly, but I I did think that was sort of an off game for Joe Burrow. Hmm. I do think this... It was uncharacteristic. Yeah, I definitely think this is the type of game we are going to see from him and this Bengals offense. So I you could kind of say I am, but not exactly. Yeah, I... I don't feel good about either of these teams. I feel better about the Bengals than I do about the Steelers after this game, but I I don't think the Bengals are going to be consistent. I don't think they're a playoff contender at all. Maybe I'll get proven wrong, but there's just there's still not enough there. They're still not consistent enough. Although I do have to say Joe Mixon playing very well, Joe Burrow playing very well, Jamar Chase playing very well. And it's a great example of why the preseason is a waste of time and none of us should be paying attention to it. Everyone complaining about, oh, Jamar Chase has like X amount of drops in the preseason. Who cares? It's the preseason. Four for 65 and two touchdowns in week three. Had a great game in week one and week two. Uh, What are we doing with the preseason? Yeah. My goodness. (laughs) Yikes. All right, moving on. We have the Ravens and the Lions. And the big takeaway from this game is not the quarterbacks. It's not the offense. It's not the defense. It's Justin Tucker, who has secured himself as the best kicker in football. Possibly, I say, definitely the best kicker of all time. Landed a 68-yard field goal. No. 66. 66, excuse me. Beating Matt Prater's record, Matt Prater did attempt a 68-yard field goal uh, against the Jaguars. resulted in the kick six, but... Yeah. But Justin Tucker did land his field goal. If you haven't watched that replay, go watch that replay. It's, it's, a, it's a chilling moment, and it's also really funny to see Dan Campbell, the Lions head coach, get so upset on the sideline. But I what mean, what did you think just kind of of the game in general? I mean... And Justin Tucker, I always thought he was the best kicker ever. This just put the icing on top for me. Mm-hmm. He's definitely the best kicker. But I would say he's probably the only good takeaway of this Ravens offense. Mm-hmm. Because they scored 36 points against the Chiefs last week. And you somehow only are able to put up 19 against the Detroit Lions. And the Lions are terrible. The Lions are not good. I mean, I mean, yeah, the Lions <laughs> scored 17, but you guys were losing. And you put yourself at a 4th four and, and 19 in your own territory. It never had sh- should have come down to this. I mean, yeah, they were, able to get, they were able to get out of it, but why put yourself in that situation in the first place? Yeah, I, 
I don't know what to make of this Lions team either. They seem to be in every game for a amount of time. And then they just sort of get out of it. Or this happens. Or that. So This is a very Lions way to lose. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, it is. The Lions are losing in Lions fashion every game, whether that's competing in the first half against the Packers and then completely blowing it in the second half, or almost coming back from 41-17 against the 49ers, but not quite doing it. Or giving up the 66-yard field goal. I mean, there's not much they could have done about it. But, yeah, but giving up a 66-yard field goal, I mean... Sort this... of sums up their, their season so far. Yeah. if I mean, if you heard... If someone told you that without any information about who the team is, I might guess the Falcons first. But then my next guess would probably be the Lions. Yeah. I mean, this is their reputation. The Chargers, too, would be up there. But going on... Ah, uh, see, oh, this, yes. this game just hurts to introduce. Mm. The Broncos beat the Jets 26-0. Yay. Oh, my goodness. So, Zach Wilson, my boy, my favorite quarterback, my favorite rookie quarterback, 19 of 35, 160 yards, zero touchdowns, two interceptions. As much as I am on Zach Wilson's train and I think he's going to succeed mightily, he just needs to start playing a lot better than he is. You can't just blame it on bad offensive line and bad receivers anymore. He is making some really bad throws, and it's really it's it's stressing me out. It should be stressing the Jets out. It's it's an eyesore right now. I think he'll fix it, but man, is it bad right now? Yeah, I don't want to say he's a bust right now because it's just been three weeks. Oh, he's not a bust. Yeah, but he'll improve. It'll I just definitely take think so, but if he doesn't, that's a problem, because I I had he's a good quarterback and I do like him, but his performance I say is the worst out of all the rookie quarterbacks. And I I understand Justin Fields completed six passes the entire day, except for this week. I yeah, but like the previous week. Oh, you mean comprehensive? Comprehensive. Yes. 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 Uh, I understand he's on the Jets. And, you know, it's the Jets. They have a bad team, but but still, come on. I mean, and let's be fair. It could totally be the Jets. Look at how Sam Darnold is playing right now. Yeah. And I think Zach Wilson has just as much upside as Sam Darnold did. Yeah. And he's still very young. Hopefully, another team will trade for him and he'll get out of New York and have a good, successful career. I kind of am hoping that'll happen. But if he doesn't, then either the coaching needs to improve or they need to get some help for him on the offensive line, or he needs to, I should be saying and, not or, and he needs to start playing better. Yeah. Needs to, desperately. Yes. All right. And Teddy Bridgewater kind of had his normal game. I mean, yeah, he didn't do anything much, but one thing I like about him that was a problem for the previous quarterbacks, he hasn't had a turnover yet. Yeah. I mean... I understand. I I'm fine with him, like you know, not throwing any touchdowns. We had some pretty good running game, but not having any turnovers is that's what impressive. that does impressive. I do think that the Broncos are going to crumble once they face a real team. Next week we got the Ravens. Okay, so so after they go four and zero, I think when they face a real team, Ooh, you think they're going? Oh, save it for the preview. Oh, man. Okay. I think the later part of the season, we have our toughest schedule, so, you know. Well, you've got, you've got like, six tough games with the AFC West. That is true. I mean, that's going to be horrible. Yeah. Moving on, 
This game should have never been as close as it was. The Raiders beat the Dolphins 31-28 in overtime. Um, Derek Carr had 386 yards, two touchdowns, and a pick. Guess who had over 100 yards? Wasn't Josh Jacobs. He was injured. Wasn't Kenyon Drake. It was Peyton Barber. Remember him? 23 carries, 111 yards, and a touchdown. Yeah, this is coming from a Broncos fan. I definitely think they deserve to be the top seed in the AFC West so far. They've faced some pretty competitive teams. And I know the Dolphins are not really considered that good, especially without Tua. But Derek Carr is going off. He's definitely a top five, top three MVP pick, in my opinion. Mm. Okay, let's slow down a little bit. Mm. So we've got Kyler Murray. We've got Josh Allen. I think Derek Henry's up there. Definitely. So there's your top. Th- oh well. I would have to. I would have to look at this more. But I maybe it's maybe I'm judging the name. Matthew Stafford's another option. Maybe I'm judging the name over the player. Yeah. Actually, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. He's done a really great job this year. This year alone of elevating the talent around him instead of just kind of playing with it. I mean, you saw Henry Ruggs go off for consistent weeks. He's been tossing it to Brian Edwards a lot, too. Um, Edwards, Ruggs, and Renfro all went for above 75 yards this week. Darren Waller only had 54 yards. Darren Waller only needs to have 54 yards right now. This offense is playing that well. Yeah. So, really good job by the Raiders. But I don't really understand why the Dolphins scored 28 points after not scoring any points to the Bills last week. That's a little odd. I mean, I wouldn't say that the Raiders and the Bills are that much different. So, yeah, that is a bit of a question mark on their head. But I guess you could say this is not, it wasn't that bad of a game for Jacoby Brissett. But it's still a, a, a kind of a red flag without Tua. I, it, it, this game was kind of confusing. The Dolphins are a weird team. The Dolphins are the weird team. What are the Dolphins? It's so weird. All right. This game was exciting. Rams and Bucks, 34-24. Brady threw over 400 yards, but only had a touchdown. The Rams, Matthew Stafford, 343 yards, four touchdowns, no picks. Stafford's playing amazing, you guys. He is going off. He has really improved from his Lions form. Now that he has a real team around him, he's doing really good stuff. So, the Rams are finally... I finally trust the Rams. I I have been kind of on board with them through the first two weeks of the season. It was like, well, they got a tough division. They kind of... They played the Bears and... Eh. But, I mean, the Rams... Man, they did insane this week. Uh, I had the Rams winning this one. And this game was very exciting. Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup... That's a top connection right there. That's top a, quarterback, wide receiver. That's an excellent connection. Deshaun Jackson went off three catches, 120 yards, and a touchdown. You know it's bad for your team when Tom Brady is your leading rusher? Yeah. Yeah, they could do better there. Well, I think part of it, though, is they do have like a committee backfield with Jones, Fournette, and Giovanni Bernard. So there are carries to go around, but... I mean, 5 for 11, Ronald Jones, really, after last year? Um, I mean, yeah, Gronk kind of got injured somewhere there, but... That's really going to hurt. 
Yeah, but I still thought this Bucks offense was going to do a bit better. And that's, I mean, that loss cannot be understated. You don't really, you don't look at Gronk's numbers anymore and kind of go, wow, Gronk's going insane. But every time you watch the Buccaneers, every connection between Brady and Gronk, even if it's just a few yards, it looks like, it looks pristine. That is true. It looks like artwork. That's why you see Gronk with all the touchdowns is because like Brady and Gronk have this inseparable connection. Yeah. For him to be out is, is just, it's huge. Yeah. It's really huge. So, we're going to keep going. And next up, we've got the Seahawks and the Vikings. And the Vikings actually beat the Seahawks 30-17. to I feel like I should wish a formal apology to the Vikings after kind of poo-pooing on them for the last two weeks. Justin Jefferson finally had his kind of breakout game. Nine receptions, 118 yards, and a touchdown. It's nice to see KJ Osborne not be the leading receiver anymore. That was weird. But one name pops off the screen on the running game, and that's Alexander Madison. 26 carries, 112 yards, 4.3 yards per carry. But what were your main takeaways from this game? What went wrong for the Seahawks? Uh, this offense, Russ having only one touchdown the entire game, that doesn't look like Russell Wilson to you. Like when you hear Russell Wilson having only one tu- one total touchdown for a game, you think something's wrong. Cuz usually he's dragging this unwilling team yeah. like on his back. Definitely. And yeah, I understand the defense was kind of bad, especially against the Vikings, even though Kirk Cousins did pop off. The offense needs to do more. Yeah, they were they had a 17 they they were tied but I, I don't know. I, th- th- this is a question mark for me now. That's a huge question mark. And, it I mean, for the Seahawks, it should be a question mark and a bunch of those little cussing asterisks because this in this division, you can't make these mistakes. Yeah. You just can't. If the 49ers were just a middling team, that would be okay. If the Rams and Cardinals both didn't look like early Super Bowl picks and have early MVP candidate quarterbacks, this would be maybe okay. This isn't okay right now. Yeah. The Seahawks need to step it up. They need to get wins against the Vikings. The Vikings, on the other hand, one and two. They're not out. I don't want to talk about Kirk Cousins, though. I don't care how well the Vikings do. Kirk Cousins is just a game manager. I mean, he didn't really look that much of a game manager against the Seahawks. So, Alexander Madison, 112 yards. I mean, what is it going to take? Justin Jefferson, 118 yards, creating a lot of yards himself. I mean, what is it going to take for Kirk Cousins to for you to say that Kirk Cousins is a is not just the game manager? He could win a game in prime time. Or right. win a game when more than like 5 people are watching. All right. He could turn that lukewarm blood that's in his veins right now into at least mildly cold blood. I mean, what what are the Vikings thinking that they're going to do as long as they have Kirk Cousins on their roster? What what breakout spectacular win has he shown them that means that the Vikings are going to do anything ever? I mean... Justin Jefferson could have had 500 yards in this game. I still would not pick the Vikings for a playoff spot. Or to win a playoff game. Maybe for a playoff slot. Maybe. But never to win a playoff game. All right. (laughs) 
So, Vikings fans, I've wished you my formal apology for the things I said, but I'm sticking by that, that the Vikings are still a very, very flawed team, and it starts at the quarterback with a quarterback who will not ever win an important game. He is a, he is a like, good backup at best. And I just, like, I think... Kirk Cousins racks up a lot of good counting stats. You look at his stats and you see, wow, 70 some odd percentage. That looks really good. X amount of touchdowns against Y amount of interceptions. Let's say the ratio is like 30 to 10, 30 to 8. Wow, that looks really good. But Kirk Cousins cannot win a playoff game, a primetime game to save his life. And that is a massive problem. We got to move on though. I shouldn't get fired up about Kirk Cousins for too long. The Packers beat the 49ers, barely beat the 49ers, 30-28, to in what was a very, very exciting fourth quarter. Devontae Adams, 12 receptions, 132 yards, one touchdown. There you go. That kind, That's kind of the ultimate summation of this game, is that Devontae Adams went off. And the 49ers really struggled to get a running game established, which is understandable because all of their running backs got injured last week. Their leading rusher was Trey Sermon with 31 yards. Nothing really impressive there from him. He did have a touchdown on the ground, but ultimately just middling. Um, George Kittle had a really good game. Seven receptions, 92 yards, no touchdowns. But the real takeaway for me is that every time Trey Lance is on the field, he's scoring a touchdown. The signs that come in the future of him starting? Trey Lance looks like the only good rookie quarterback right now, and he's done next to nothing. I mean, I understand they've been at the goal line and he's been rushing it, but maybe that's the second dimension they need. Jimmy Garoppolo is not a mobile quarterback. He's he's a passing quarterback. Trey Lance, I think with his mobility in addition to his passing game, might be what the 49ers need to, to take control of this NFC West. I think the 49ers should start Trey Lance right now, even with how well Garoppolo is playing. I want to see him. I might wait like one to two weeks, but yeah, definitely Trey Lance. Trey Lance might be the difference in the 49ers winning. That would kind of prove everyone wrong after everyone was kind of bemoaning the 49ers for picking Trey Lance over Justin Fields. I mean, let's see how that looks in three weeks. Yeah. I mean, the Bears are thinking of starting Nick Foles. <laughs> That's really rough. <laughs> That's not good. I mean, he did win a Super Bowl, but that was like in 2017. This year's Nick Foles is, I don't know. He doesn't look like what he used to. Well, we haven't seen him. And we have seen Justin Fields. Yes. Did you know he completed six passes? For 20 on 20 attempts? Yeah. (laughs) This, that was, everybody, I feel like the general consensus on Justin Fields is that he was kind of underappreciated and that the Bears got a steal when they drafted him. Maybe the league was on to something. Maybe. 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 We'll see. Um, Our Monday night game was the Eagles and the Cowboys. The Cowboys beat the Eagles 41-21. The end of this game, the reason Jalen Hurts' stats look better than they actually were is because at the end of this game, he kind of started to pick things back up with his offense. But at the beginning, it was a slaughter. The Fal- the Not the Falcons. The Cowboys were being relentless on the Eagles. Um. Dak Prescott had a really good game uh, after kind of a sloppy week one perf- or week two performance. His week one performance was not sloppy. After a sloppy week two performance, 21 of 26, 238 yards, three touchdowns, no picks. And Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard are establishing a good running game. So they're kind of finding a, uh, 
a happy medium between their week one success and their week two success. And I think that's really good. Jalen Hurts looked not very good in the first half, but then was completing some really beautiful passes in the second half. Especially look at uh, the highlight reel to Quez Watkins as one of the really great passes where frankly Quez Watkins just mossed the crap out of a defensive back and it's really really impressive but Sid what did you think I underappreciate the Cowboys team as a whole both offensively and defensively absolutely I had the Eagles winning this game kind of upset that they didn't win but you know Cowboys Dak is back he is a top quarterback Zeke and Pollard went off. They scored 41 points. The defense didn't look that bad. Trayvon Diggs. Great game. Great game for Trayvon Diggs. Really great game. The The defense is starting to show up now a bit. Micah Parsons. Micah Parsons. The, I think I, I give too much hype to this Eagles offense after their week one performance. I'm going to start cooling it down. Because <laughs> probably... I don't. I don't know. They they, they faced the Falcons. I, I don't think I should have gone off that. Well, the Falcons held back the Giants. Fourteen points. Uh. <laughs> My goodness. Anyway, that is it for the slate of Week One games. We will be back with you hopefully tomorrow um, to review the or to preview rather the Week Four games with some. Oh boy, some very um. Wow, these games suck. Kind of questioning. Yeah. Maybe we won't do the preview. No, we'll do the preview. But this these games don't look very exciting. Scrolling down. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we will be with you next week or tomorrow. So thank you for listening, and we'll see you. See you.